This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, one filled with fun, frivolity, and Ryan Gilbert. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson here with Ryan Gilbert, the Ryan Gilbert, the one and only Ryan Gilbert. I was told I need to be more enthusiastic before we recorded, so are you trying to hype me up? Yes, I'm hyping you up. Okay, okay. Uh, We got all kinds of questions today. Some of them might cause you minor flashbacks to Snowageddon, but we got to do it. We got questions. They need answers, and we're not paying for your counseling. You understand? No one is paying for your counseling. If you've got college football PTSD, get yourself out of this funk by watching basketball i don't know i'm not a doctor don't ask me you know who might know the answer to this the fridge the fridge will sell liquor you should go in there and say hey look fitz sent me he said if you have uh some mental danger that's not what the word i was looking mental damage that was the word i was looking for mental damage from uh snowageddon go to the fridge and say Help me, help me, Obi-Wan Kafriji. That was a reach and a half. That just did not, that did not go right. But go into the fridge. Go to the, go to the fridge. Go, go to the fridge, wholesale liquor, where they have liquor that's wholesale and they keep it in a fridge, which is their store, but it's not really a fridge. <sighs> okay, let's move on now. Let's get the questions rolling here. I think Ryan Gilbert's going to read these questions in his own charming, uh, fun way. I was trying to think of a better word, but I'm lying. Anyhow, go. From? Oh, you suck. KS59OU21. Why did they not clear the field of snow prior to the start of the game? I'm Go ahead. The big issue is it was still snowing. It was still snowing, but um, I think there was concerns about laying the blade down. And, I mean, when even... When they anything they cleared was filled with the rubber pellets, and I mean it's just a carpeting. Yeah, I mean it really is basically a carpeting, and you, you probably don't want to put a blade on that. You know, it, it, I mean seriously, if it catches a corner of a seam and rips the field, you're not playing, which would have been a good thing, come to think of it. But yeah, I, I don't think they uh, wanted to risk that. I I don't think any of us imagined it would get that deep by the end of the game it just yeah. never stopped it never it never got lighter it never got harder it just snowed persistently for about 12 hours and then shut off it was it was a weird day it really was but yeah i don't think clearing it physically was an option yeah and i mentioned before the game i'm surprised they didn't put a tarp down but they probably don't have a tarp one two if you, even if you had the tarp you still probably couldn't put it down because it was going to be needed to be cleared before the game so i mean if it's still snowing there's nothing you can do you got to yeah. accept the snow sucks but this is a kind of what you got to do i mean this has never happened that i know of i mean they played in snow before but never anything like this i mean that kind of snow happens maybe twice a year in kansas 
three, four times a year that accumulates like that. But not in November. That's usually like a December, January, February thing. I mean, this was well, an oddity. You Saturday's know? snow exceeded all of last winter's snow. Wow. Hmm. So it's just not something you plan for. It's like, why do they have a tarp? Well, why do they need one for something that might happen once every 50 years? Yeah. I mean, if just, they put a tarp down, maybe you can blade it off a little easier. Yep. But I don't know. I don't know. But it is what it is. Both teams played in it. I mean, it just looked like Iowa State was better equipped for it, whether that was actual equipment or just how they approached the game. I'm not sure. From Wildcat Pilot 88, did the team make a collective decision to not wear sleeves for a snowy game before the defensive backs came to regret that decision once the tackling started? Looked like they were trying to portray toughness by not wearing the sleeves in the cold, but once they actually had to play, they were not tough at all. I think the question answers itself. I I think they thought they were going to be tough about it. And, you know, as Brian Hanley said on The Insiders, there's nothing wrong with wearing sleeves, but they better not be cloth because then they'll get snow on them and they'll get wet and you're worse off. So if you're a ball carrier, if you're anyone that's going to handle the ball, you probably want your arm, not not actual material. But, yeah, I, I just think it was a miserable performance by some guys. It clearly didn't want to be playing. And maybe it was because of the snow, but I think it was everything going on. I mean, it was snowing. It was piling up. They're not from around here. They never really encountered that. Now they're running around trying to get their footing. And, oh, yeah, guys are going into the portal, and they've probably been talking about it quite a bit. That is my problem with the game. It turns out a lot of people knew Will was transferring. You know why Iowa State didn't bring its top two running backs? You know why they had to play their third running back? Matt Campbell made the decision once he heard that those two running backs were considering transferring, he didn't want them in the locker room, didn't want them on the bus, didn't want them on the plane, didn't want them anywhere near the field. Now, I'm not saying that's what Chris Kleiman should have done, but uh, I think it was a wise move. It was a wise move, especially yeah. if your Thursday running back's capable of that. Yeah. So, is that your stomach? Goodness that was my gracious. stomach. It's lunchtime. It sounded like <laughs> a foghorn. It's like you ate a foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> you need some good sense, but I don't want you to burp like Fitz. I know. Go ahead and ask the next question since that kind of plays into it. Jerome Yang, I hate, continue. To, I hate to go there, but did being eliminated from the conference championship game have any impact oh, on the players' effort yeah. on the yeah. on Saturday? I don't think there's any doubt. Do you, Zach? No. I mean, the fact that it was snowy, um, you know, like you said, transfer portal decisions were probably made up in some guys' heads. There was nothing really to play for. I think win or lose, it still feels like K-State's going to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Um, you know, it just it felt like there was nothing to play for at that moment, especially considering the conditions and everything that happened. Nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Props, props to Matt Campbell for making yeah. that move, really. I'm not, well, we're not bashing climbing for benching Will Howard and telling him not to come into the I mean, facility. Like, but. Will Howard played a great game. Yeah. Like, yeah, he it did. just. I don't, I don't think it was the guys transferring who were the problem. I think it was at the end of the day, um, the game probably felt less important to a lot of people. We're out of it. Um, guys are leaving. It's snowing. I don't want to do this. I mean, that's what it looked like. It just looked like they weren't mentally invested in it, and Iowa State was. Again, props to Iowa State. They played in the same conditions. They actually made plays. It's, the stats are unexplainable, bizarre, but it was a result of everything that took place. So, bah, bah. Zach, you were down on the sidelines during the game, but the Iowa State coaching box, I had never heard any any team be nearly as loud as those guys were. And while it was probably a little bit over the top, we were all kind of laughing <laughs> at them, to be honest. It was but, crazy. They were bought in, and I, you have to respect that. You know, you hear coaches yell all the time. You hear coaches F-bomb players. You know, that if they see a play developing and someone's out of spot, you can hear them yelling. You can you, That all happens up in a press box. There's a glass window between us, but if you yell loud enough, it's pretty clear. You can be heard throughout the press box. This was constant cheering 
almost like drunken fraternity guys at a game. It was really odd. I've never really encountered it. And then a coach at the end of the game stood on the table and was cursing and yelling. It was a lot. It was just very strange behavior. Not not overly professional, but it indicated one thing very clearly. This game is very important to them. Yes. This game means a lot to them. And K-State better get back to having that sense of importance to this rivalry. Uh, again, why this game isn't on the schedule every year, because it's important to the schools, and it drew a, a three and a half million viewers. Big number. Decent number for K-State. Crazy. People really wanted to watch watch the snow. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it was literally something you don't see. Right. But every five years that a, a game of this nature at this level played in that kind of snow. It was yeah. it's a freak occurrence. And Iowa State was more freaky. I didn't really appreciate it during the game, but when I went back to edit my highlights, I appreciated just how awful the conditions were. I mean it looked ridiculous. Ben Sennett running down the field through the snow. It looked absolutely ridiculous how bad the field was. I, I agree. I don't. I don't was, know why I had halftime. Yeah. Something wasn't. I just. I mean, just uh, don't even. You don't even clear. You just skim it. I, I don't, or at least either delay the game or move it up. Or there was there were other options on the table. I think to prevent playing in that that didn't necessarily require putting a blade on the field. If you're so concerned about a brand new field, I. You know, I, again, you're slaves of the TV, and you were going to be on Fox at 7 p.m. They weren't going to give that exposure up. But you're right. If this game goes off at 1 p.m., it's a different game. Yeah. I mean, it had been snowing, but it was just starting, and it wasn't going to be piled up like it was by the end of the game. It, w- it was amazing to me. When I left for the stadium at 5, I left, walked out the door maybe 5.20, I cleared my car of a good four inches of snow. Just piled up. It was just a, there was no wind. It was a falling snow. It was just sitting down. And then after the game, I walked to my car and cleared off another four inches of snow. I swear, I don't care what they say the snowfall was. I know what I cleared off before and after this game. And it was amazing how much snow had just amassed. But you can't go back and redo it. It's done. Maybe it served a purpose at the end of the day. We're finding out. I'll be blunt here. We're going to get into the transfer portal, but they found some guys that just weren't invested, and they're being divested from the program. We talked about, like, clearing the field, you know, getting better cleats and stuff like that, but this was something I meant to kind of bring up on the insiders on Monday. I think it slipped my mind, but how many times did K-State run sideline to sideline, right? Like, going north and south was just so much easier in this game. We saw that many times with Iowa State. Kansas State schematically didn't do anything to help its cause with the weather, in my opinion. So there's a lot of things you can blame, but at the end of the day, A, it's a it's a, a an even playing field, literally, and then B, K-State, I don't think, made a lot of correct calls, both on offense, really, and defense, you know, just angles and stuff like that. When you're Running straight lines, you could yeah. run straight lines, but they were asking running backs to go Sideline to sideline, and then try to cut up field, and there's no way you could cut. I didn't understand the play calls. Me neither. Even Iowa State's passing, you know, there there are two pass plays that went for big yardage were just go catch the ball. One was a slant where he never had to break stride, and he was still going to the opposite corner of the end zone. And the other was just a little out pattern on the sideline that, hey, nobody wanted to touch him, let alone push him out of bounds. It was disgusting, to be honest. Disgusting what I saw. Pushing? Pushing forward? Like a K-State player yes, pushing give, forward? Give, give propelling? Turbo boost was... <laughs> turbo boosted you right in the transfer portal? Yeah, it was, it was a strange crazy. day. It was a strange day. I'm going to try my best here. Nanny oh, Sassenfrass. It's Nanny Sassenfrass. Nanny Sassenfrass. Thank yeah. you. Are there any pending coaching changes? Not calling for it, just asking. We've heard... Something might be going on, and look, it's you know getting into silly season for coaches where we got coaches moving around, and you know when coaches take jobs, they got to fill their staffs, and they kind of go back through their rolodex and who they've known, and we don't know everyone who overlaps. There might be an overlap 
with Mississippi State's new coach. We'll, we'll just find out. I don't think anything major. I don't think there's anything like what KU is going right now with trying to hang on to Andy Co- Andy Kotelecki, um as Penn State's after him as offensive coordinator. I don't know if you know by the time we record this, maybe it's decided um, they're trying to keep him. Which I understand. K State just went through this with Colin Klein, so. Um, you fight to keep your guys. If you can pay the pay the amount, if it works in the budget, you pay it. I don't know if they'll be able to. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't see anybody moving on. I don't see K State moving on from anybody at no. the moment. I, I think they like this staff. Maybe some analysts, but yeah, I think as far as your quote unquote official coaches on the field, I don't think there's going to be any changes this year. You got some older guys that might have other plans. Uh, keep in mind, Van Malone's a candidate at UTEP, and um, Houston's going to have a new coaching staff. So he's a Houston guy. Maybe he ends up down there as associate head coach and D coordinator. He'd, he'd love to be a D coordinator again. So, you know, we'll see how everything plays out. If and when Van Malone does leave, although that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. I think that's kind of maybe the long-term plan for Kleiman, right? He knows that he's not going to have him forever. Yeah. I, I hope he gets that UTEP job. I, I, I want to see Van get a crack at being a head coach. I mean, that, and that's a good place. He can he knows Texas. He can bring in some more Texas guys. I think Dana Dimmel did a good job recruiting. They were decimated by injuries this year. And in a depleted Conference USA, I guess that was just too much for the, for the administration. He just took them to a bowl, though. I mean, it's just crazy how impatient. He just kind of got over the hump and have an injury-filled season. And you fire your coach. Yeah, sometimes, look, I saw this at K-State, and I, I don't want to be demeaning here, but sometimes you've got to accept this was good. You know, you won four games. You won six games. That's awesome. When you're in a position like that, UTEP is just in an, an awful position right now. Their conference is depleted. They're kind of in a lousy city. I mean, it's really kind of a not a great place. I mean, there's great places in El Paso, but there's also – problems so but i hope van gets it i think he'll he'd be a great head coach i've always said that can you convince to the utep fans that you're going to take another k-state assistant granted two different coaching tenures that they were a part of but yeah i don't is that an easy sell to the the, and i don't want to put down the utep fan base here the the five of them the five of them (laughs) the one donor I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. they're they're totally unrelated. I mean, they don't cross yeah, right. at all, other than the yeah. school. That's it. From last question of the first half. Thank you last for informing me of that. That's that's very good. You did a good job. Let me get you a treat. Thank you. From KSU five nine two one, is there Discord in the football locker room that no one is talking about? And from Don't Touch My Willie, did Will versus Avery what? fracture the locker room more than anyone realized Sorry, publicly? Back, 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 back up. What was his screen name? Don't touch my Willie. Yeah, don't, touch, don't touch his don't Willie. Don't touch his Willie, man. He's telling you not to. Oh, okay. It's like Daphne. Don't get within ten feet of me, or I'll bark at you. That's not true. Look, I'm touching it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the microphones pick that up. <laughs> uh, look, uh, I don't think there's anything dramatic in the locker room. I think what we're going to see is some weeding out of <clears throat> guys that quote unquote um, weren't adapting to change, weren't being coachable enough. You know, they they this is the way I'm going to do it. And if it leads to touchdowns, I'm going to keep doing it. I just think there were some guys that weren't all bought in in terms of learning the playbook and, and uh, being part of the team. They were what's in it for me. So I think the coaches might've learned some lessons on the transfer portal this year. They they really have to make sure they they've got good fits. But the problem is, is they delay so long sometimes in portal decisions. They, they miss out on the good fits. They they over-evaluate and then they end up, with guys that they wouldn't have taken weeks before. And I'm honestly, I'm talking about Treshawn Ward. I mean, he clearly came to K-State because he thought, it's a little old K-State, I'm going to be the star. Um, and look what they did with that other little running back. Well, guys, he wasn't that good. He was good. Don't get me wrong. He was he was worth playing. But, um, you know, he had a bigger upside. DJ Giddens made more of his um, ability and growth. But if you're not going to be accountable under Chris Kleiman's system, if you don't want to 
and learn and grow, man, you just don't belong in the program. They, they don't have room for guys that aren't accountable. Um, and we saw what happened when throughout the season. Some guys just kept making mistakes. That's not learning. That's not being accountable. That's not taking care of your end of the bargain. And I, I, maybe they got to clean that up a little bit. But there's no great turmoil in the program. In fact, the, the program's in pretty good shape. Believe me, everyone in that building is excited about the Avery Johnson era. That's it's just the truth. And Will Howard knew how talented this kid was. Did they run him off? They absolutely did not run him off. But Will knew what was coming. He was going to have to fight for his life to be the starting quarterback at K-State next year because this young kid is better, has a much higher ceiling than Will Howard. Will's no dummy. And plus, going to a different program will add to his resume. There's not any major problems in that locker room. There's probably just some guys that they want to get out of the locker room because they just simply wouldn't allow themselves to be coached into proper playing techniques or assignments. We saw blown assignments all year long. Guys running wrong patterns, and just it was kind of a mess. See, with back to Treshawn Ward, I feel like he's a similar situation to Will. He wants to build his resume to go, you know, go pro. And I think if he would have been given the opportunity to have more carries, I think he probably would have played better or would have been remembered better as a, as a back, you know, I DJ. Mean, I mean, if they just gave him the job, I mean, that, I mean, but DJ was here. <laughs> right. Right. I think, yeah, DJ played great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you kind of took. You went in with, you knew what, what the backup back was last year. You weren't going to be Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, yeah, he might have misthought of what he'd be at K-State, but I don't really see a problem with him leaving yeah, either. I, I'll, I'll accept his frustration because I don't think he was well used at times. I thought he was going to be the more effective back on Saturday, and yet they kept going to Giddens, who just didn't ever look short-footed in that snow. I mean, I think maybe Treshawn would have been a better option. Um, but that's just the way it goes. Brian Anderson just kind of rotates his running backs. And honestly, there's not always rhyme or reason to who he's putting in and out. And, and the fact that we saw what Treshawn can do with Avery Johnson at quarterback, that too was weird. I mean, the guy that you pair with really well is going to be the starting quarterback. That might be really good for you. I'm just saying. But instead, he's going to start over, which I find odd. K-State's offensive line, though, is certainly going to take a step back next year. Probably, so that yeah. could be a big part of yeah. it. I mean, your NFL tape, if you want to put that out there for scouts, is not going to look nearly as good as it might have this year. That's valid. I mean, and really the only – I'm most worried about that left side – excuse me, the left side of that line – where, of course, you lose Cooper Beebe, but KT Levinston, and we'll have to see who fills that left tackle job. They've got guys to fill the left guard job, whether it's Hadley Panzer or, you know, Line Gang or whatever. They've got guys. We don't know enough about Pastore to say that he's going to be the left tackle because he was beaten up all year. But if he's as good as they thought he was going to be, then maybe they just go on and never miss a beat. Will there be growing pains? Absolutely. We saw Carver Willis go through it. But because of those growing pains now, and guys like me screaming, he sucks, get him off the field, um, he's became a pretty good right tackle. I mean, not pretty good. He's a damn good right tackle. He's just had to go through those learning periods and and be accountable for fixing his mistakes. That's all the coaches want. That's it for the first half of the Pyrocat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Daphne and the rest of us will be back with more thoughts on K-State football and possible intruders at the front door. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Fitz, Zach, Gills, three Zs, 
right here together. Mine's in front, though. Good point. Yours is in the middle. Mine's at the end. What? Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald. As opposed to Gilsbert. Gilsbert. Yeah. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale's Liquors. Yeah. I'm just not very good with the reads today. Well, there are no reads. The ads. Uh, In all seriousness, folks, get to the Fridge. Um, They're experts in bourbon and wine and all the other liquors that you might need. I went in there and asked champagne advice, and they asked me, what do you want to do with this champagne? I said, I want to drink it. And they said, but what's the occasion? I'm thirsty for champagne and some mimosas. And they go, ah, mimosas. We got the perfect champagne for you. They know their stuff. They'll sell you this stuff, and you can leave with this stuff all stuffed in your car and then poured into your face. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor right here in Manhattan, Kansas at the corner of this and that. I really want to name In the town in which we live. It's in the town in which we live. Here's Ryan Gilbert with more of your questions from Wabash Station. Let's hope he reads well. From CardioCat78. What so will far. a month of practice with Avery Johnson as QB1 mean for the bowl game offensive style and production? Well, um, I, I think the preparation time's really crucial for Avery and everyone else that might be elevated by the departures. And uh, But also, I don't look for anything too dramatic. Uh, unless they've come up with a solution here as the only eligible quarterback on the roster, they're going to have to be a little cautious with him. They probably won't want to run him quite like they would normally want to run him. For the life of me, I don't understand why a guy like Adrian Lara is leaving right now when you have an opportunity to be the backup for a bowl game with a quarterback who likes to run and might get banged up. You have zero seconds of college football film. None. Maybe this would be your chance to get a few plays on the field and show them that you can move around. And here's the arm I have two years after my high school film. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But, like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to be able to run to keep Avery safe and the offense productive. Yeah. Adrian Lara entering the transfer portal is baffling to me because they cleared – Will Howard and Jake Rubley cleared the way for him to be <laughs> right behind Avery Johnson, be a heartbeat away from being the starting quarterback. I mean, I just <laughs> – I don't get it. But um, I think that – the bowl game is going to feel like the Texas Bowl in 2021. Skyler Thompson was the quarterback, but Colin Klein, it was his first game as offensive coordinator. And you're looking forward to see, well, it's his first time, you know, doing everything. What are we going to see from the offense? And I think that even though Colin Klein is, you know, it'll be his, you know, third bowl game coaching K-State, what will Avery Johnson do as his first start as a Kansas State quarterback and not a wide receiver? We've said this a lot, but it's the first game of 2024 instead of being the last game of 2023 season. Yeah. This is a totally different type of bowl game. I mean, this isn't the end of a season. It's the beginning of something new. And once in a while you run into these, and I think it's going to bring a lot of optimism. Let's be blunt here. Yeah, They lost on Saturday. And they're going to go to Orlando. It's going to be really expensive to get to Orlando. I feel like coming off that loss, if they went down there with the same old guys that just lost that game, not many people would go. But now that Avery's going to start, I have a feeling people are going to find a way to get down there. Whether that's driving the 20-some hours to get there or whatever it is, it's awful, 16, I think it was. Flying into somewhere more adjacent, or maybe you're – closer to Orlando than Manhattan, and it's an opportunity to go see it. People are going to want to see him play. So um, I think this might be good for K-State football enthusiasm, as long as he stays healthy in that game and we don't end up with uh, Uso as a quarterback. I would love to see that personally, Fitz. I kind of think it would be hysterical. go ahead and ask the next question since that's what (laughs) we're getting at here. From Liquid Sasquatch, who would be the most likely non-quarterback to step into the backfield role? Uh, Backup role. Backup role. Backup role. I was doing so good. Backup (laughs) They are in the backfield, but not not totally. Backup role for the bowl game. Seth Porter probably. Seth was a 
a Wildcat quarterback in high school, and he knows the offensive playbook. It's not like you're going to ask this kid to, you know, learn the playbook all over again. I would imagine that would be where they go with it. Maybe they just run some Wildcat, but with who? Who do who would know the playbook well enough? Was Max Marsh not on this football roster as a quarterback when he came in? Yeah, but what is he now? Yeah, he's on defense, but... And and maybe that's what they'll do, is they'll move like, him over and say, hey... Um, I just think if you went a year through the program as a quarterback and know all the calls, know all the reads, I just... I can't imagine putting in somebody that that hasn't ever played in K-State's system when you have a guy on the roster that has played quarterback for K-State, granted scout squad and right. practice he, squad. He didn't but. really learn the offense at all. He was running the scout squad. That's the other problem. I mean, even if J- Jacob Knuth could play, even if they get that, he's been running the scout squad by all indications he's been brilliant as a scout squad quarterback this isn't just a walk-on folks this is a guy who was on scholarship and came here as a walk-on and that is apparently the problem that kind of downgrade from scholarship to non-scholarship blocks you from playing for the season like the old transfer rules because they don't want people recruiting players that are on scholarship to be put on academic scholarship and kind of steal them so, yeah, but even him, he's not been in the system. But you're right. Maybe that's where they go. I'm, I'm sure they're they're doing everything. Wesley Fair was a very athletic quarterback in, in high school in terms of running the ball. Finding someone who can throw it a little bit is the key, not just being able to run it. Just find someone that can throw it around. Kind of have to do it once in a while. Yeah. But you're right. They've got some options. And we joke about Uso. He was a high school quarterback, um, which is – uh, fascinating to me. Three hundred. Let's just give it a shot. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't really call it the Wildcat, though. You would call it like the the Rhino, the Big Goose, the Big Goose offense. I would really not want to be one of the offensive linemen as he takes the snap and runs into your back, <laughs> <laughs> having to make a hole bigger than than yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all gonna die. Uh. It it will be interesting. We will find out on Sunday where the bowl destination is. Chris Kleiman will have a press conference, and I'm certain someone will ask, and I'm certain he won't give a definitive answer. I'm certain he'll, it'll be Kellis, and he'll say, Kellis, you're the backup. Come to practice. Yep. <laughs> yep. As uh, is tradition. From mm-hmm. Ema in Iowa. Excuse me. From Claws Out Balls Out. I skipped one. You skipped one. I was one. doing really good, uh, and now we're off. It's going, it's going south very quickly. Crap. From claws out, balls out, what are the odds Ben Sinnott or Cooper Beebe play in the bowl game? I'm assuming the bowl game can only help guys like KT Leviston and Christian Duffy. Uh, zero, I think, on Sinnott. I think he's done. Yeah. I mean, he's going to the senior bowl. He's in the draft. He's, he's a second-day kind of guy. Um, he's not going to play. Uh, there's no reason for him to play. Yeah, he could get better. Look, the the risk of injury for a nominal, it's, he's not going to jump to the first round. He had 10 catches on Saturday. I think that showed a lot. So, And yeah. then on a high note, keep it like that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Hey, Cooper Beebe, sounds like he will play. Connor Riley tweeted something about it, an opportunity to coach him one more time in a month of preparation. So it sounds like he'll play. I think a lot of guys will play for the exact reasons you said. Uh, those guys need to put a little more on film. And if you're a borderline guy, uh, you don't want to be also a guy that quit on your teammates. I mean, the scouts understand if you're a top flight guy, second day or above, you don't play, you're, you're protecting your interests. But there is also a an image here of you're quitting on your teammates, um, which, you know, they can get over real quick if you're good enough. But I think most of the guys will play. I really do. Agree. Okay. I, I spaced out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes to all that. I don't think they play. Okay. Cooper's got one more opportunity to go on a trip with his younger brother. Yeah. I wonder if – do you think they go on the trip, all these guys on the team? Do you think they go on the trip or do they oh, just – not playing. They're yeah. Not. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. More practices with him. Yeah. No, I think those guys will go. I think oh, those guys, yeah. Okay. I think all the backups go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, and let's be honest here. 
there we we for, we focus on Will Howard and Treshawn Ward and maybe Will Lee. It's a lot of the backups who you know might decide to leave that we're going to be on special teams, and you know I they're going to be depleted. LSU numbers a few years ago, no, but they're going to be depleted and scrambling to kind of piece together their special teams because so many guys will be out. I don't get it. Play your damn bowl game and then go into the portal. Oh, that's a different time. You're old. I know. I know. I don't know why. It, but that's snow on Saturday. That's what every day of school is like. Trying to get to school in the snow and then drudge back. Covered wagons wouldn't even work in the snow. The horses didn't like it. You just had to walk. That's it. That's, from, that's my story. Yeah. <laughs> from Ema in Iowa, will the combination of the college football playoff expanding and the transfer portal process starting immediately after the season put an end to all the smaller bowl games in the next five years? I, not all of them, but I think we'll see some weeding out. Um, the, the, their importance is greatly diminished. And I've said this before. I understand that the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, even if they have a sponsor, they have some tradition. But this bowl game, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, has been so many different names over the last 10 years. And and same with the one in Phoenix and other ones. I don't have sympathy. Don't tell me about your great history when you used to be the Citrus Bowl or the Tangerine Bowl. And now, you know, now you got a sponsor's name. I but, yeah, I agree. But also keep in mind that the Copper Bowl was, which is now the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, basically. It was in Tucson in 93. That was so important to the program. And there's other programs going through that. I mean, you can you can bitch about the Liberty Bowl all you want. And certainly last year was a fiasco with the entire water going out downtown. But the bowl was important to Kansas. Even if they lost, they showed that – they can go trade punches with a pretty good SEC team, at least they were last year, and that, that was part of their growth process. I, you don't want to take away all of those opportunities, but, yeah, uh, let's be honest here. In in a 12-team playoff world, you're going to want to be one of those 12 teams. Yeah. And below that, there is going to be certainly a feeling of, screw it, it doesn't matter, and more so than ever before. I mean, James Madison, right, they, they're going to fill one of the – Unused spots, Bot- I think. Bottom bowls, yes. Yeah. Were, them so, and Jacksonville State right. were given waivers for that only. They weren't able to play in the better bowl right. games. They're only allowed to fill if not enough bowl-eligible teams existed. Right. Not fell, enough bowl-eligible teams existed, so... They fell three short. This. Those two teams took spots along with Minnesota, which um, I'm sure that will be an enthusiastic crowd yeah. going to that game. Yeah, we're five and seven. We're going to a bowl game. Woo! In the worst division of college football history. Woo! Yeah, but to your point about the Copper Bowl, I mean that's that type of bowl yeah. for for those teams. So you know, yeah. good for them to get to go to a bowl for the first time, and you know, maybe build their program up. But Fresco Bowl, Boca Bowl, yeah, yeah, those those are important to those programs. But here's my point: yep. Who owns most of the bowl games? That's not their sound. You tried. tried. ESPN. ESPN, and they need television inventory, and bowl games happen to get pretty good ratings on TV. Here's my thought. During a holiday season where people are at home, they're inside, it's cold outside, there is football on the television, and who owns a sports book now? Well, they don't own it, but who licensed their name to a sports book for them to use? Well, let's ESPN. Let's look at basketball. ESPN doesn't have the rights to college basketball's postseason. <clears throat> so what do they what do they have? They have the NIT. And I can see them trying to develop maybe a 16 school NIT. There was but beneath the question, I deleted it cuz I didn't think my bad to claws out balls or excuse me, Emon Iowa were screwing up. <laughs> Did he ask another one? No, sorry. To, to, I, I deleted half of this question. He did say, uh, like, teams 13 through 20 having some sort of lower tournament. And, and also, and I, I can I, see a group of six tournament, too. Like, yeah. you didn't get into either one of these. Well, these eight schools or four schools are going to play their own. I'd see – I'm not a fan of, of playing that many more games, but – That's my thing is I don't think that 
you can convince teams that can't win at all to play more than one game. I just think that having a a secondary playoff is a hard sell to a lot of teams, especially with the transfer portal. Yeah. You know, if you're playing for, you know, what's the equivalent of an NIT, is it is it worth it? I don't know. teams would want to play in that? Remember Jack right. Paul in senior year said I wasn't going to play in the NIT? Yeah. I wasn't either. I, I was in solidarity, but <laughs> I was not going to participate in the NIT uh, as a player. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, right now, I don't know, 60 teams get in. There's 30 bowls. There's way too many. Now you're reducing it to 12, so you still got 48 teams looking for. I think it's closer to 40 and 80 than 30 and 60. So, but Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there will still be a purpose for some games, and I'm confident some games will go away. This way it is. Marketplace will sort that out. How does the Sun Bowl still exist? Uh, because it's a sun. It's a, cool, it's a cool name. Nobody wants to tell the son they're taking away his bull gun. You know how powerful that son of a gun is? <laughs> it, and he's also very smart. The brightest guy you'll meet. It's a cool name. It's a cool bowl game with tradition in an absolute trash location. They could move the Sun Bowl to... The Liberty Bowl? <laughs> somewhere else where the sun shines. <laughs> and oh, it would be a I better bowl game. After. I see what you guys like. Monterey. Like it's just down there in Mexico. Yeah. I'm confused. They played on the sun, right? No, no, the, no. You thought the footing was bad last Saturday. The footing of the sun. Wow. How about, how about a moon bowl? <laughs> uh, what, talk about your rushing game. Well, we did lose that running back into space in the first quarter. That really hurt us. But I told him, don't jump over tacklers. So yeah, I, I'm, I have no sympathy for bowl games. I just don't. And 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 the reality is for the Big Twelve, you gotta have you're gonna have to refresh your bowls. Uh, now schools like Kansas State and Oklahoma State and other schools that have been repeated, you know, attendees in bowl games, they've been invited, they don't want to go back to Memphis or they don't want to do this or that. It's just a reality. I mean, it sounds cool to go to Orlando, but when airfare is seven hundred dollars round trip, you're just cutting out most of your fans. It doesn't work. It's, it, that sucks. But that's just the way it is. I'll be interested to see what this conference says going forward to bowl games. Uh, but, again, I, this might be something Brett Yormark fully doesn't understand, you know, you know coming from the pro ranks. or you know, that fans, are, fans do travel to these games. This isn't an NBA playoff where the fans don't travel. I mean, in college, fans want to go. Whether it's a road game, a bowl game, a – postseason basketball game they want to go and you need to make them able to go i think your mark coming from nascar and having different events at different tracks across the country i feel like that's a fairly similar comparison to a bowl game i wouldn't say that most fans are traveling to every track but you know it's mm -hmm. an event it might be a more regional event but kind of kind of a similar point i guess i think he, he probably gets it okay well he hasn't built up faith with me as the last couple of weeks. <laughs> nope. Last question. Ooh. Last questions Ooh. from Ghost Day Kate. Is well, we're asking him, he's asking more than one. This is this is Zach. You it's gotta a, get mad. I, I gave a combo question here. <sighs> he did that in the first half too. Sorry. He's Total totally getting chaos. cocky. Total chaos. Yeah. From Ghost Day Kate, is Jerome Tang putting too many hurdles in place for Naquan to for Naquan Tomlin to return? And from Eric Schneid, when Naquan Tomlin comes back to the team, how do you see Jerome Tang transitioning him back in? Uh, no. No. Just because no one pressed charges doesn't mean there isn't an accountability that needs to take place here. Right. And no, I admire Jerome Tang for what he's doing. I know the details of this case. Don't be fooled by no charges. He, he needs to understand the severity as a public figure of behaving this way. He, and I don't want to say he fought the cops, but, you know, he, he wasn't easy to arrest. Um, I don't know if his resist, proper word. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, he was, he, I don't think he was charged with that, but he's, he's got it. Uh, getting your charges deferred does, doesn't mean they go away. I mean, you've got to go through some steps before they go away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got some stuff to do before he's in the free and clear. He's got business to take care of. They're going to make sure he takes care of that. And they're also going to include him in as many 
non-basketball things possible. You can't practice. You can't do basketball stuff. But if the team goes does something, he's going to be included because they're exactly right. He's a kid from New York City in Manhattan, Kansas. He's already got himself in trouble while on the team, while in the structure, um, and hopefully learned a lesson by that. But you put him out the door and say, hey, you can't be with us for the next month, he's never coming back. Now, I just don't think he has that kind of structure in his life to, to overcome that. How how they'll use him, I, I don't know. I mean, they'll, they'll probably walk him back. He does have an injury that we learned about. Maybe it took place in, during the arrest. I don't know. But um, he's got to get better. But he'll be back. You just got to take care of his business. It doesn't magically go away. Being held accountable means you're accountable, and that means you've got to suffer consequences. If you don't suffer consequences, what have you learned from this? So I, I think he'll be back. He'll eventually be in the starting lineup, and uh, I think this team will be much better for it as well as getting back Quez Glover. They they flat out mentioned that we can get him back earlier, but we want to make sure we get him back 100% for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. So Jerome Tang's willing to be patient. He knows the basketball game is different than football. You can lose these games. I mean, you know, last night would have been damaging a little bit to the resume, but losing to Miami and USC, that's not going to hurt you. You played them. It, it, it hurts your resume more if you don't play those games and instead you play more teams that you should be whooping. Another North Alabama and Central Arkansas. <laughs> what weird directions for those states. Seriously, Central Arkansas and North Alabama. I don't know why it just kind of bothers me. Does yeah. that mean you're in a different state if you're too far north in Alabama? I don't know. I'm overthinking it. I feel like when Naquan comes back, things will click more. I agree. Like, I feel like the team just feels disjointed at times it feels like you don't know exactly who you're going to be able to count on um you know tyler perry you know seems like a second half player right now uh just there's weird stuff about this team that i feel like there's a missing piece and i think that naquan probably fills that and probably makes this team more complete going into conference play he's an energy guy gilbert they did not play with much energy. In fact, Coach Tang mentioned this on his post-game radio that he felt like the fans getting more involved in the overtime kind of lit a fire, mm-hmm. kind of gave the team more energy. I just didn't play with much zip on Tuesday night, and I don't see Naquan putting up with that. Naquan wants to run around, and you know, he's a he's an X-factor. He might be horrible for you, but he's going to disrupt things. He might turn the ball over and miss shots. and Foul. Foul, a good point. But he will bring energy. There's no doubt about that. He's very energetic in fouling out. Getting him back in the lineup will be <clears throat> it'll be huge. But I'll probably disagree with things clicking. I think that given that the new offense has been installed this year, of course he's been in practice. Of course he was there all summer. But he hasn't played a game with this team yet on the court. And so you look at all the mixes and matches that K-State has had to go through with its lineup throwing in another prominent star into that mix. Sure, your your lineup gets better, absolutely, but things gelling together, it's just another obstacle that this team's going to have to overcome. I don't think it's going to take more than, I don't know, a couple weeks or a month, but there's going to be a learning curve when Tomlin gets back in because they're going to play a much bigger lineup. Like on, on Tuesday night, we saw Ames, Carter, and Perry, three relatively small, you know, pretty small guards in the lineup when Tomlin's in there. I would bet he's in there with Kaluma and Gasson, so that's a much bigger yeah. lineup. And so, there's going to be some adjusting to do when Tomlin does come back. Okay, well, that's all the questions that were asked. But I'm not done. No, put your headphones on. I'm not done. I got a couple questions for my guys here. Okay, so Ryan Gilbert, the history of the Overtime Podcast is simple. People kept asking us weird questions, and we finally started answering them. But the the question that was persistently asked, and I'm going to ask you right now, if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Is this going to tie into the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Just answer the question. Yes, yes. Okay, Zach, you're going to cover the bowl game for us. If the mascot was made of Pop-Tarts, would you eat it? I'm gonna. I'm eating that pop tart. You're gonna eat the mascot because ma- if, if you haven't is followed it for media, if I have an opportunity and I'm in range and I feel like I can do it, 
Please get someone to film this. Please. Apparently, one of the mascots at the bowl will indeed be edible. I am... I'm a little scared. I mean, look, if they have multiple mascots and the unedible mascot goes over and takes a bite of the edible mascot, it's going to be one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. K-State needs to win this bowl game. (laughs) Yeah, that's the bottom line. Uh, Other overtime question. Yeah. It's more of an overtime statement. The Kansas license plate was not that bad. I think really it was the color, the Missouri color that pissed off. The the gold color? I'm fine with it being yellow. Right. I thought it was too gold. Yeah, it's a little too gold. The only issue I have with was the Comic Sans and Papyrus equivalent font, cursive font that they used for the To the Stars. Okay. They should have put Ad Ad Astra Per Aspra at the bottom in a plain, safe font. And no one would have complained. I'm I'm so weirded out that the requirement is that the lettering has to be black. The, now, keep in mind, this is for all the the, car, the, the tag readers out there. And the, the interstates here, the toll roads are going, going to that. You won't ever have to stop. They're just going to send you a bill. But they got to be able to read your tag. So every state in the union, if they follow these guidelines, is going to have a license plate with black lettering. It's freaking weird. I, just, I don't think it, it shouldn't matter as it long as it's matter. as long as the plate is flat, like the new ones. Like I have a flat plate. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get rid of all the raised ones, which right. I get. Yep. They look bad. But what's funny is the plates before these current ones, they did have black text on the numbers over a light background. It was kind of weird. I'm I'm kind of a favor of the Ukraine flag. Look, just go with blue and gold sky over wheat. That's why the Ukraine has those colors in their flag. I think Kansas needs to steal the idea in their own way. And if that has to be three colors in with black lettering, so be it. But I think dark blue lettering would work. I don't know why it wouldn't. And, is it, is a, and the, a lighter gold, a, a yellow. Is a, the top of the plate not navy blue? Is it black at the top? It's black at the top. It. I've done that too. I've you, looked at it. Okay. It looked look fooled me. Fooled me. If it's if it is a third color. Also, why why is navy not <clears throat> why is navy not dark enough against gold? <laughs> I just I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. You guys are doing great. I could have been halfway home right now, and you guys would still be rambling. Okay, we're going to leave now. Uh, but I'm here. Ryan Gilbert's got important stuff to do. No, I don't. He's I'm got margaritas to, to mix and dreams to make true. Come and Pacificos true. to for, pour for fits. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time, was my first date with my wife. And it's not a great movie, but it's fond memories. It's called Cocktail. Ryan Gilbert, you need to own a bar called Cocktails and Dreams. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.